So, remember how easy it was in your 20s? You had so much energy. You could get away with late night drive thrusts. You could pitch a trouser tent at a moment's notice. Yeah, well, you had plenty of testosterone, and it's time to get it back. You could get testosterone injections, but that involves awkward doctor visits, expensive medical bills, and the worst part? Once you opt for artificial testosterone, you will suppress your body's ability to naturally produce it even more. Wait, isn't that the problem in the first place? Before considering the pharmaceutical option, there are ways you can naturally raise your testosterone, and one of the easiest ways is by using the Legacy Test Stack from Legacy Sports Nutrition. Test X9 has 9 key ingredients clinically proven to support natural testosterone production, and T-Assist is designed to supercharge T-boosting effects with added anti-estrogen compounds. Nick Aldis, founder of Legacy Sports Nutrition, has been blown away by the feedback that customers have sent in after using the Ultimate Test Stack. Guys are feeling stronger in the gym, have more energy. Guys in their late 30s have reported getting morning wood for the first time in years. And one even reported becoming a father after four years of trying. No matter what you do, if you're a guy, having optimum testosterone levels is the key to looking, feeling, and performing better. Try the Ultimate Test Stack today. Go to LegacySupps.com. That is L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S dot com and use promo code THEPODCAST in all capitals D-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T for 10% off your entire order. <laughs> and now, this is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. They got everything from comic books to signed sports memorabilia to signed wrestling figures. Anything you need or want, nerd or sports related, they have it there. They update daily, so please visit them at firstrow.ca. And if you're into books and video games, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Red Dead Redemption, Resident Evil, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format so please check them out at bossfightbooks.com and if you want to support me directly please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device it's embedded right there in the description click on the link takes you right to the merchandise store i got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs hats anything you need or want it is literally there but the most important thing the easiest thing the freest thing the thing everyone should be doing each and every time you listen is please rate subscribe review on all major platforms most specifically apple podcast stitcher TuneIn, soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. so this week's guest is a comedian a writer a podcaster and the host of the soup she's also acted in such tv series as californication Life in Pieces, Two Broke Girls, and Modern Family, just to name a few. The hilarious Jade Kata Preta. Hey, pew, 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 pew. We did it. We did it. <laughs> I know, hey, right? Nice so what's nice going on? Nice oh, man, you know, what is not going on? I've been nonstop on the road, okay. which is fun, and then you're, but I'm a little tired. I'm uh, looking forward to some Thanksgiving break. Um, I was just in uh, Pasta Robles for the weekend, wine tasting. Oh, so wow. So that was pretty exciting. Okay. Yeah, there I've never go. been over there. Went to Cambria, saw 
saw it was like pine, all these pine trees with the ocean, which sure. is freaking cool. Saw some elephant seals. Went to see Sublime, which made me feel so fucking old. <laughs> um, and yeah, just a great weekend off. So. Back to the grind now. Okay, but as a comedian, I'm sure you travel a lot. You're what they call, what is it, a ward warrior or a road vet, whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What don't you like the most about traveling then? What don't I like or what do I like? No, what don't you like? You know, know, it can be a little lonely. I'm a people person, which is so crazy because stand-up is such a lonely art. Okay. And I like like time by myself, but like... I come from a theater background, so I'm like, I want to be like in massage circles, collaborating with people. Like, <laughs> that's what I loved about Pasta Robles. Like, everybody was so friendly. Like, okay. I'm that kind of person. Like, if you ask me how I am, like, right. I will tell you. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. And so, that's a lonely part. I feel like sometimes I want a little bit of a road dog, but you know, you get a feature every once in a while that's like a buddy of yours. Sure. Oh yeah. You get to have. That. Yeah. Well, that's pretty. Okay, now wine tasting. What's what's your preferred wine? White. Blush, I'm red? red. I'm a red okay. girl. I'm okay. a red. I didn't know, but um, my boyfriend lo- loves Syrahs, and so I got Ooh. really into Syrahs. We were at okay. a bunch of little... We actually stayed in a wine cellar inside Ooh. their room, like above their storage area. They just have this little room. That's cool. And um, the shower was in the fermentation area, so we couldn't go there because we'd die. <laughs> and so we just didn't shower for a few days, just for wine tasting. Uh, just, That's all right. You know, whore baths. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so comedy, stand-up, show business, you said. You have a background in, in theater. What came first? Was it comedy? Was it acting? What was it? Oh, my God. What came first? The egg. Um, <laughs> the egg. This is weird. I, I started um, in dance when I was, like, really little. I moved oh, okay. from Brazil to Virginia when I was really little. And, right. Um, I was, like, in dance really young. So dance kind of led into musical theater. That's what I went to school for in Boston. Sure. And then I came out here to L.A. really wanting to be an actor and I got my first gig was like hosting a, a comedy show for National Lampoon, which oh. was like really popular online at the time. Of course. And uh, one of the writers there, Sandy Danto, who's also a comic, was like, "You should do comedy." And I always joke that I was like, "No, I'd rather strangle a baby." And they were like, "Come try," and <laughs> completely fell in love with it. And yeah. um, they, you know, it's like we're crackheads. Like once you get that first hit. That's what they say. You know, I've just been chasing the comedy dragon ever since. Um, So it's been about 15 years now, which is crazy. Because I'm only 17. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'm not too hard at that, dude. I'll kill you. So now I got to know, since you were at a young age, obviously you paid your dues. You've moved through the ranks and all that. With this whole new era of social media, of all these TikTokers, are you one of those people that, hey, if you got the following and the skill, do it, or do you have to pay your dues? What side are you on? You know, I don't think there's a side. I think everybody has a different path. Okay, that's um, fair. It is frustrating because I don't want to be doing that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've Emerson interns now that are cutting my videos and keeping me, like, updated with the content. Because otherwise, right. it's just a full-time job on top of your already full-time job. And um, it's a lot. I mean, it's just like, it's imagine. not what I signed up for. You know, like, I love being in a room with people. Like, okay. I love that energy. I love feeding off of the energy and so for me it's hard like the tiktok stuff is like it's it's definitely not my forte um i love to make it but (laughs) it's not it's definitely not my favorite thing to do okay and as for stand-up albums you just recently dropped one and this was your first one i haven't dropped it oh okay well you did it or recorded it it. yeah yes i just recorded it and and then i switched management so i'm kind of it got a little pushed back but yeah i'm hoping to release it um and i hope people like it it's it's musical oh Um, okay there's there's 10 songs within the hour and um i did it with a full band at jam in the van i'm really psyched about it it's called the jade is a jade so it's just it's about me and why why so long to come out with your first one you know, I I think I'm similar to Bobby Lee in that, like, I don't have a lot of new material all the time. Okay. Like, I'm really an improviser and, like, Makes sense. I'm kind of in the moment all the time. And I don't, I have a hard time sometimes writing new material and sticking to it and, like, improving it and getting it to a point where I'm like, it should be in a special. Like, um, I like the performance part of it because okay. I'm still kind of an actor on the inside. Sure. And uh, so I'm still figuring that out, which is weird, which is interesting. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, well, what about, again, going back to traveling and all that, where's the furthest or where's the furthest place you've gone or even weirdest place you've ever performed at? Um, I did a tour in Australia, which was really freaking cool. Nice. It was so diverse there. So many different white people. 
many different shades I had never right. seen. I started doing uh, Portuguese stand up in Brazil. Oh, okay. So I, did, I, I did a little mini tour in Brazil and I filmed a documentary, which I'm trying to sell now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Brazil, probably those places. Oh, actually, I was the first woman to ever perform stand up in Beirut. Oh, that's cool. In Lebanon. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, going back to Brazil, performing there in Portuguese, like you said, you just started doing it. So, And you said you moved over to the States at a young age. I'm assuming you sort of lost some of your Portuguese, whatnot, and especially like the slang. So how do you come up with the material in Portuguese and translate it properly? You gotta eat shit a bunch, oh. and I have it recorded on film. Like, I, you okay. know, like, you know this, like, you know the word, like, it's in your body, but I couldn't right. think of it. Like, I got up there, and I was trying to tell this really simple joke. Right. And I couldn't think of the word elbow in Portuguese, which cotovelo. Yep. It's a very weird word. It is. But I I was just sitting there going like, you know, this this thing, this thing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the slang is totally different. So mm. I figured out that there, I couldn't translate my jokes and have them be the same. But right. what I could do is tell the joke, the same joke, but in a Brazilian way where it's like, Things are more descriptive. Um, mm. The way you say them is more animated. You know, f- the physicality is all about like physicality, and um, and comedy is really new in Brazil too. So they're not like in this meta age of like absurd hidden jokes. Sure. You know, like you have to be very like black and white okay. with your setups and your punchlines. And like there was this one woman. I do a lot of audience work, okay. and I was like asking her a question, and she was going like this, like blocking her face with her hands. Oh no. Like as if I couldn't. I'm like I can see you. This is this is we're not on. T- I'm not on TV. You right. Know? Um, but it's huge there. I don't know if you've ever been to Brazil. No. And the comedians are so graceful there okay. and sweet and inclusive. You know that's the Brazilian way. Like they took me under their wing and yeah, I, that was an incredible. I really found myself through that experience. So I'm really hoping to go back this year or next year if COVID it's a little less scary. No, I got to know. Cause again, like, like we talked off air for a bit, I lived in Portugal for a bit. So when I went yeah. there, even though I was Portuguese deep down, I wasn't born in Portugal, but my roots are Portuguese, right? I have Portuguese blood coursing through my veins. So I was still yeah. considered like an outsider, even though I'm Portuguese. Was that in your case or is maybe because you were actually born there? It's different. Well, you know, that's one of the big topics in my documentary. I think a lot of people don't discuss this part about being an immigrant where right. you feel sort of stuck in this gray zone where you don't feel fully American when you're here and you don't feel fully Portuguese or whatever your country is. And I've felt stuck in that gray zone for a long time where I don't feel like I can really identify with either country. I'm like this weird middle right. somewhere. And um so yeah, I definitely felt that way. And I also like my Portuguese, like I have a little bit of an American accent on some things still. Okay, sure. Because I sound like a New York Jew, you know? And so like people are like, you're not. I'm like, I swear I'm Brazilian. And then they see me dance. They're like, you're not. I'm like, I swear. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Because I think, what did you say? You moved to the States 95 or mid 90s? Yeah, so I was 12. So I was oh, turning 12. Okay, so you have no accent. Like I know some immigrants who came here and they're, Late, early teens and mid-teens and they yeah. still have I hate to say like that fob accent you know what I mean yeah. but I wish I had it I feel like are I you serious but they're like you're not Brazilian I'm like I swear um well I'm just really obsessed obsessed with language and oh. I really I was in Charlottesville Virginia when I moved and I didn't want to be Brazilian then oh, you know I wanted okay. to fit in I wanted sure. to wear Uggs and like my <laughs> polo shirt and be like I horseback ride you know yeah. I wanted to be like a Virginia rednecky I don't know if we can say redneck anymore, but, um, but you know, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to chameleon myself so that I didn't stand out. And now it's so funny. All I want is to stand out and to be like my own unique person and going back to Brazil and doing stand up in Portuguese was a big proprietor of that. Um, I just felt really out of place before. And then I saw other Brazilian people and I was like, this is who I am. Like the oversharing, the physical touch, you know, like the loudness, like, I could see myself in so many people. So that was like really mm. beautiful for me. But why'd your parents choose Virginia? I, like of all places, Brazilian family moving to, to Virginia? They wanted me to get into stand-up, you know? <laughs> they needed me to stand up and they got it. Now, um, my dad was, this is a very weird fun fact. Um, okay. My dad was one of the pioneers of holography. What is that? First, he made holograms. Like, oh. you know, the little bird on your credit card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when cool. holography first came around, sure. you know, now it's for like security purposes. Like, you know, you see it on baseball caps and stuff like that. But right, right. back then it was an artistic form of expression. Oh, yeah. It was art. And they, the way they do it is that they would have this big table, okay. like 
huge black table and they would shoot lasers onto an image, like onto like a physical image. Like let's say it's a butterfly. Sure. So they would make butterfly out of clay, put it in the center and position it so that you would shoot lasers onto it. And then it would project onto a piece of glass and then they would develop the glass like a photograph. And that's how, I mean, very basic description of that. But so the, my dad found this guy who wanted to invest in this holographic table and he was in Charlottesville, Virginia. So we went over to Virginia to, so he could start his business there. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. And I've heard a few of your stories and the funniest thing that makes me crack all the time too is I can't, cause I could relate is your whole story about Coco and Kokosh for people who oh, yeah. don't know. Right. So yeah. like I have, like in my family's instance, like, okay, well, first off Coco, obviously everyone knows what Coco is. Kokosh in Portuguese means shit. So when someone offers you Coco, you think they're offering you shit. So, but in my household, it was the word, it was the word for knife, which we call faca. Faca. So we couldn't say that word growing up. So in our house, it was called the knife. The knife. <laughs> That's it. They were just called knife or knifey. I never, I never thought about that sounding like faca. Are you serious? Never. Oh like, I'm going to steal that and write a Brazilian joke about that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, please do. I have a joke about how people think I have a face of a bitch. Okay. And then I go, if you didn't understand that, that's um, cara de praia. Right. Like, you know, because everybody messes up beach and bitch. Right. Um, but, yeah. I love wordplay stuff. It's so dorky. Yeah, it's so true. But do you have majority of your fans that go to your stand-up, in the English version at least, being Portuguese background or Brazilian? No, I okay. have fair. I mean, now a little more that I'm getting a little more popularity and it's like trends. I mean, you know, everything was closed for COVID, so it's That's hard to too. say, but I know that the soup was also released in Brazil, so I was really oh. grateful for that. And That's cool. um, it was cool hearing all the ads in Portuguese, like, Já de Cata Preta. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, well, and that's the other thing. Your last name is Black, if you translate it, but... The... It's Black Gold. Oh, that's true, too. Okay. Cata is like a bijuteria, you know, like jewelry that's like not real jewelry, you know, that's not like real gold, but it's like still pretty jewelry, so it's bijuteria. And Black Gold, or Cata Preta, was an area in Brazil where they mined actual black gold oh uh, and so that's where the last name comes from see but that's what you should go by jade black gold jade black gold no <laughs> man people are always trying to get me to change my name i like it but you should say it in portuguese though cata Preta. i know it's too late people are, right. have butchered it for so many everybody wants to say jada too because it rhymes oh true You're right and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i get that again my name is steven everyone tries to call me steven for some odd reason because they think that's more sophisticated but that's not oh, what, I see. Yeah. that's not what no, my parents say me <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly so what was the hardest thing to adjust as a kid moving over from brazil oh man you know i think you'll relate to this okay in brazil when you're young or in portugal or any other country you become like sort of maturely socialized like, you socialize as children, but, like, they treat you more like an adult almost there. Like, I would go to parties already at, you know, at 11, where people weren't just, like, running around, slobbering all over each other. And, they, you know, like... Sure. It was, like, more sophisticated in that way. People were more communicative, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I come to Virginia, where it's, like, this very well-mannered place. And kids were just, like, kids. Like, really uh. young. Like, I tell the story all the time. My first time... Walking into a classroom, the girl smelled me. This girl what? Walked up to me and, yeah, she sniffed me. Her name was Brandy Watson. I still remember, and she was oh wearing the shoulder like off the dress, and she was like, you know, like picking her nose and stuff. And <laughs> I was like course. a child. Like right. I thought, I was like, these are children, and I'm an yeah. adult. You know, um, that, and I was just also like, you know, very physical, and I think people just were like, why is she hugging me? Like, why is she trying ah, to kiss me? Ah, like, yes. Trying to say hello. Yes, that is true. I still encounter that even now as an adult, because again, being from Toronto, it's multicultural, but now everyone's starting to move away and going sort of out of the city. So you're, you're sort of seeing the more, I guess, I don't know what you could call them. The Who are the people who come in and fix everything up? The, um, the hipsters. <laughs> no, so, no, hipsters. Okay. So it's mostly hipsters yeah, walking around time. everywhere. So, it, you know, I hate to say it. Well, I don't hate to say it. It's fact. They're all white people. You know what I mean? So it's sort of different now compared to back then. And it's, yeah, I can't believe people would, oh my God. Yeah. And Weird. I also like, you know, I didn't speak English. So that Oh, that's that right. But then I came back with a vengeance and now nobody even knows that's where I'm from. So <laughs> it's true. Now here's an important, well, well. 
Here's an important question that I always want to know too, because people always ask this when I used to go to Portugal with my brothers, because we spoke English in our house. So when we went to Portugal, we still spoke English, even if we were in front of other people who didn't. When did you start speaking English towards your sister? Well, we speak English, but like in public, we speak Portuguese. Are you serious? Still? Yeah, we want to talk shit. Oh, okay. That's different though. Yeah. And then we'll say stuff like, that girl's an idiota. Like, oh, it sounds just like idiot. We can't, we're not hiding anything. But yeah, we speak we speak mostly English. I would say that I try to speak Portuguese with my mom still, but she okay. like fights back and we'll try to do it in English. And I'm like, no, I'm mine. See, but you got to be careful too because I was on the reverse end where I was on uh, public transit here in Toronto and I got on the bus and heavily populated Portuguese area. And I don't really look your typical Portuguese type of guy. So I was on the bus and then I can't remember what it was. I think I just finished smoking a joint or something and then I was on the So I still reeked, you know what I mean? So they started talking shit about me and I just turned around and I said something back right in Portuguese. Their faces, I wish there was camera phones back then. I would have taken that pic and oh my, it would have been fantastic. I love it. I'm always waiting. Like when I hear people talking Portuguese, I'm like, talk shit. Talk <laughs> right? I'm always waiting for that. My dad did that. My dad, because he grew up in Japan, my grandfather was a diplomat. Oh, wow. And they were on the bus just calling this being horrible about right. this girl. Like how she looked and they're like, she's so fucking ugly, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then you know, like being horrible. You know, they're like in high school. Okay. And then as a girl left, she goes, that's the way God made me in Portuguese. Oh, love it. You see? And they were like, ah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful. No, you do. You do. So going back a little bit to stand up again, what was the weirdest thing to ever happen to you on stage? Oh my God. Weirdest? Yeah. So much weird shit's happened to me. I can't okay. even think of it. I'm like 15 years. I smoke a lot of pot. So I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> the weirdest thing. I mean, things have been thrown at me. Oh, that's there was sucks. a woman once in, um, in Florida. She okay. threw a shoe at me and that was like making fun of her. And then what? she turned her chair around and was like, had her back to me the rest of the show. <laughs> So that's pretty funny. Um, I've had like, I do this thing sometimes where I ask for a beatboxer to come on stage, okay. like to beatbox with me because I like to rap, sure, sure. obviously. <laughs> and um, this girl came up, she was wasted. She was like, duh, 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 duh. she couldn't even. And out of nowhere, this like hot black dude in a pink suit showed up out of nowhere. I'm not kidding. And right. like came on beatbox and then like disappeared. Like I was like, was he a mirage? <laughs> His name was Rosé. So, um, that was a pretty cool moment, <laughs> but yeah, I don't have any like crazy, crazy. I mean, I used to be on the road with Bobby Lee for seven years and a lot of weird shit. Oh, obviously then, but right. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. What about your most proudest moment on stage? That's something that people really don't forget. My proudest moment on stage. I would say like my first show back from COVID, my first weekend back, I was at Houston Improv. So that was, oh. it wasn't that long ago. Okay. Um, it was like the summer and just like finishing all my songs and getting them up and like, do, cause of the song stuff, I still have a little insecurity with because sure. it's really what I want to do. Okay. You know, like when you don't try hard, you're like, I wasn't even fucking trying hard. I don't care. But with this, I'm like trying very hard. And so I think, yeah, my proudest moment was like filming this film really like oh. the second show just like, Feeling the band behind me. Yeah, that was probably the best moment so far. <laughs> now, I hate asking this because I know it's so hard because you have so many hats. If you could only choose one, which one would it be? Um, like, uh, as far as like acting. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, right? I feel like in a weird way, like with stand-up, I'm still acting because I get to do act-outs and stuff like that. Sure. So... I don't know who's this weird god who's making me choose. I don't know. It's just what, like what, like for example, like COVID happened and you guys were shut down. You couldn't do anything unless you did like Zoom shows and stuff like that. So in sort of that sort of way, what if there was no form of entertainment and all that's left was whatever? What would it be? I guess, uh, I guess I would just become a professional pothead if that was something <laughs> I could do. Well, you I can. Mean, that's what I did all last year, and I got really good at it. Um, I don't know, man. That's a hard one. Like, you know, during COVID when there was no stand up, like my friends and I joked, we were like, what's a job? Oh like, my we God. Get jobs now? Like what's a job? Right. Like what's what do you even do? You know? Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. I, you know, I hate stand up and I love it all at the same time. It's a total love hate 
bipolar relationship I have with it. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Exactly. And speaking of COVID and all that, how, what are the odds of you landing the soup and then all of a sudden COVID, like literally within weeks, months, right? Yeah, yeah. It was such a bummer because we were like on the fifth episode when it started to kind of become a thing. And then we were like the sixth episode. Oh, we're so ready. Like the script was so funny. Okay, right. And they're like we're shutting down the day before. But nobody expected it, obviously. We were like, it's going to be like a month. And then... Yeah. It shut down, but I mean, we were very, I mean, we were at least lucky to finish the rest of the season, even though it was, you know, during COVID and we got five more episodes than we thought. So, you know, I can only be grateful because so many people died this year and so many horrible things have happened. Like for me to heart, you know, like be upset about like a show falling apart, feels a little. Well, in the big scheme of things, yeah, but at the same time, you have worked hard and you've been doing this your whole life. It was like, a you know bummer. I mean? It was a bummer. It was like my dream job. Um, oh, okay. It was the dream job. I mean, I love reality TV. I love talking shit. Uh, I, I watched the show since I was a kid. Oh, perfect. And it was an incredible experience. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. So I'm glad that I got to do it. But I actually, I just finished my a new hosting a new show. Oh. That's pretty exciting. So I feel like I got to really be loose on this new show. I think people are going to like it. It's a it's a hybrid dating show that's coming out on Hulu. So Oh, there you go. There you go. Now, did you feel pressure coming into the soup? Now, mind you, there was a big layoff in between. So maybe some people forgot or whatnot, but... Nobody forgot. Really? Nobody forgot. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. People were like, who the fuck is this bitch? Bring Aww. Joel back. Right. Um, it was a lot of questions of like, how are you making it your own? How are you? Ah, okay. And the simple thing was like, I love this stuff. Like I had a different perspective. Like I'm not a Tosh. I'm not like a dude, you right. know? Of course. And I just had like, I just tell jokes in a different way. Like I kind of want to go usually like the positive way into it rather than like putting people down. Sure. I just felt like the bro thing had been done already with it. And my favorite host of The Soup was John Henson, who was, like, a little more animated and cartoony about it, like, rather than making it like, oh, who's this girl, you know, right. kind of thing. And so I was hoping to really make it more of that and, like, just wild and weird. And, you know, we – we there was some – you know, there was notes, and we couldn't do everything we wanted to do, obviously, but I think we got some stuff across that we liked. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And obviously, you also do a podcast that you started with during the pandemic, I think, as well? Yeah, so I started it at the Comedy Store called Jaded. Okay. Um, and it became a little bit overwhelming, like, work-wise, on top of everything else. Okay. It was been pretty hard, so I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm wondering whether I started back up or not. We'll see. Well, you have to put, like, you, again, it's your own show. You do what you I know people will be like, oh, I want one every week, whatever. But if you set the, t- like, even say you drop a once every two weeks instead of weekly, you know what I mean? Even then, it's really? so much work. I mean, I'm gone Thursday through Sunday ah. every week for stand-up almost, you know? And then some weekends I went to myself. And, you know, like, and during the week I'm working, you know, auditions, stuff like that. So if it just felt overwhelming and it felt like, why am I doing this? I was like, am I just doing this because other people are doing this? Like, or do I really love it? Like, I love the act of doing it. Sure. Just everything else, like editing, putting it together, like, it just became really overwhelming. Yeah, but I, like I said, I have a couple, uh, I have a couple interns now, so hopefully they'll get me back on the groove and they can help and stuff. Well, if no one's ever told you, as a listener on the other side, it's fantastic because I like to hear oh, the background yeah. and the stories because, well, mind you, I could relate. Like even you going to Portugal and being over there and then even like your sex parties, your pegging stories, fucking hilarious shit. And I'm sure you, it, some stuff you can't translate. Like <laughs> well, here's the thing. You can't really translate some of that into your act or into your storytelling. So you're able to share it on the podcast and it still sort of feels like an act, right? Exactly. That's the part of it that, that I love, like just telling a story that I'm not sure really if it's a bit yet, but like it's something that happened. And, you know, and I got to be vulnerable with saying that stuff out loud, the Portugal story, which was very, very um, personal. Right, of course. And, yeah, I felt like I felt a little drained from it. I'm not going to lie. Oh, um, okay. and I was doing like two every day. So, you know, on top of everything else, just felt like a lot. But I think that, yeah, if somebody could take care of all the other stuff all the other parts of it. That's another thing. I'm like, I want this stuff off my plate, but then I micromanage everything. So, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the hard part. But yeah, I, I miss doing it. So I might get back into it. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you have the interns and they're the one, all you got to do is literally show up or they could call you and walk around with a mic and that's it, right? Right. I 
stand here. I, I'm already bossing them around so much. <laughs> so what was your first acting gig, per se? Like, on screen, even if it's a commercial or on a show? I, well, I got really lucky. Not lucky, I worked my ass off. But in Boston, while I was still in college, okay. I got, like, a public access show called Secret Lives what? that I hosted. Yeah, it was on XYTV, okay. which is like a local access TV, and I hosted this show called Secret Lives, where three people would tell a story, two of them were real stories, and then one of them was a lie, and the whole concept of the show was us kind of having to guess, or the other people having to guess, and so, you know, it's where I learned everything, it's where I learned how to read quickly on a teleprompter, it's where oh, wow. I learned um, how to use an earpiece, um, and I had done like two seasons of it by the time I came out to LA, so I was already very much on my feet and that's when I hosted the National Lampoon thing I think they yeah. were like oh whoa shit um but my very first like big acting thing in LA was a weight loss supplement commercial okay and we actually filmed it in Toronto um and it was called who do you sure and it was like who do you think should lose some weight oh maybe even God. you it was like very aggressive right. um, so those were my very first like three little acting things that I got. And then my first like big TV thing was two broke girls. Okay. Um, that was my first like kind of uh, guest star appearance. Now out of all your appearances, cause like I named it off the top, you've been in a lot of huge television series. What not in a lot of little parts and a lot of big things. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. But either way, look <laughs> how many millions of people try and they can't even get on set. Right. So yeah. no, I'm very grateful. I feel like I've gotten, I'm very proud of my body of work. I don't want to call out and say which one's the best or whatever, but which set was the most fun you had on? Uh, everything is so special. Every one of them is so special. I like love being on set because it feels like camp, you oh, know? Like, okay, sure. But I really loved uh, working on Future Man, which was Seth Rogen's uh, show. It's about these video game characters that come to life and they live in all these different worlds. And right. I was part of a like a family orgy. <laughs> and the first day we filmed the orgy like was the first day we all met so we're like literally naked in a pile on top of each other and oh, wow. we're like hey where are you from um and we became really really close like this cluster we were called a cluster okay and you know like we all went to the girls weddings and this the set was just magical and everyone was such a good actor like so that was definitely one of the highlights of my career so far future man yeah oh that's cool and, and i got a weird character so right. that was cool too Oh, so of course, of course. Now, one of my favorite shows is The Office, and you know where I'm going to lead into this already. There was a spinoff called The Farm, which I never knew even existed, and you were supposed to be part of the cast, right? Yeah, so, what ended up happening here? Yeah, okay. So they shot. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, but like when they did the finale of The Office, okay. they played a little bit of it, so oh. you can find it online. Oh. So like. They did like so they cut a little bit of the pilot and but my part was like completely cut out of it. And um so yeah, I was in the spin-off. I was one of the wives, one of Dwight Troop's brothers' wives. <laughs> and in the very first pilot I get arrested for uh because we get busted for having a weed farm. And um yeah. It was a really cool experience. Really no. really early. I mean, it's, it's like you do so many things and you're like, This is like this is a thing. I was just gonna I say, right? I was just yeah. going to say, because, like, well, I can't even compare, but in podcast form, you get a huge guest, and you're like, this is going to be it. And then the week passes, and it's the same old thing, and it's and it's like, oh, okay, so I guess it's not just those one-offs. <laughs> Isn't that life? Like, it's not ever about one thing. It's just about, like, perseverance and continuing to do what you love. Like, there, you know, in L.A., it's like the whole thing is like, there's no, there's, there's no quitting. Like, if you quit, that's on you. Like, you got to just keep going, you know? Now, because you're an actor, do you go on the others? Do you like watching TV or are you one of those that I know how the sausage is made? Fuck that. I don't even want to watch oh, no, TV. Dude, okay. I smoke weed. Of course I watch TV. Um, <laughs> I watch hours of TV. We just started Succession Season 3 yesterday. Okay. So good. Um, I'm oh, Nine Perfect Strangers was one of the f best things that came out this year. Ooh. I love docu-series that are made in Britain. So like um, Love on, Love on, like, no, Love on the Spectrum. Okay, yeah. Um, British is incredible. Yeah, I fucking love TV. I can't get enough of it. Well, I got to ask, the most popular one right now, Squid Game. Have you got into it? Have I got into <laughs> Of course. I watched it like one day. The first day it was out, I was already done. I was like, what are we people doing? Why are they waiting? Incredible. Incredible. Right? I mean, that, okay, I don't want to ruin anything for you. Nah, go for it. I do spoilers. The, don't the go. Glass, the chess game scene where, like, they explode the glass, that slow-mo. 
mm-hmm. is just so beautiful. I was bawling because it's just, it's, I love the representation of like how much we do to make money, like how much we all like really think we want money. And then once we get to this point where we have all this money, it's like, you look back and you go, Oh my God, like I, the people that I loved aren't even here anymore. And I should have spent my time enjoying that instead of like always fighting for the next thing, you know? Mm. So I love that message. Yeah, no kidding. Now I got to ask you this. If they were to make an Amer- or North American version of Squid Games, what type of games did you want to see in it? Oh, like what would be the American version? Right. Um, it would have to be like really simple, crazy games. Like we'll jump rope, like a double dutch. Oh, would have to be in there. That'd be pretty cool. And like the ropes are made of glass or something, or like glass shards. Um, let's see, patty cake, some kind of weird patty cake thing would be cool. Sure. What's the one with like the? Oh, have, like, a string? the string thing, and then you yeah. keep going with the pat. Yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. that. Would be cool. I'm trying to think of a Brazilian. If there are any fun Brazilian games that we play that aren't here, pretty much all the same shit. I think so too. Well, again, I didn't grow up in Portugal, so I I can't relate to that. Yeah, I wonder if Portugal would have similar things in Brazil. So, yeah, so those would be cool. Oh my god, if they made an American version, I want to be in it. Please, can you call somebody? You would do it? Oh no, like not in oh. real life, but would be, I would love to be on the show. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because oh, I- no, I'm chicken shit. I watched that show. I was like, no thanks. So you wouldn't choose, okay, if you had to choose one of the games they played, which one would be the easiest one for you? I feel like I, by the way, that broke my heart when he tricked him with the rocks. Right? What an asshole. He's not an asshole. That's the thing. But that's the question. Like, is he an asshole? He would have died. So it's like. I know. I know. That is true. Because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, but, well, you know what? It's true. in a weird way, he helped him because his family now, his wife and his daughter are gonna but that's the question what's better like to be financially stable or to like have your loved ones with you i know that's so true and then they were so lucky that the two friends because they wanted to be partners at first and then they weren't partners and then imagine if they were partners but again i don't care spoilers they made it to the end anyway so i'm sorry i I know i know i feel like we're ruining shit sorry okay so spoiler alert spoiler alert alert. when that when he walked up and saw the old man in the hospital bed i was screaming because it makes sense because that. you know that one scene where he's on the bed and he's like, please stop. People are dying around me. I'm scared. And the guy was like, stop the game. I was like, something, where's this? This is weird. Like I had that moment. Well, it sort of made sense too. If you think about it, he was number one. Right? So maybe that was the little tip off from the writers to be like, hey, if you guys follow the thread, maybe you'll get that. He's the mastermind behind all this. Right? And then he said no to playing. Oh, that, yeah. But maybe that again. Psychology. They did it to fuck with you. That, yeah, that was like the so you don't figure it out. But yeah, you know, I read all these articles about him wanting to make the show since 2008 and how oh. it took him you know, 10 years to have it made. Really? And um, so I've been trying to sell this documentary for three years. So hearing that, it was like nice being like, I'm going to keep fighting for it because I feel like there's people like you, like me, like that could really relate. So you never know. You just need that one yes, you know? Well, that's what it is. Right place, like they say, what is it? Uh, uh, luck meeting preparation is what equals success, right? So it's so true. It's so true. Well, again, I, I'm sorry. I have to. I've never talked about Squid Game on the show. And again, if no one's watched it, no, too fucking I bad. But that's all I wanted to talk about for like weeks. Okay, perfect. So the other part I love the most. So going back to, okay, I call them by their numbers. It, n- number one, him screwing with four, five, six. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like even. Like doing all that, and then at the end, be like, "Oh, you see, you've learned something." And it's like everything was about learning. You know what it was? It was sort of a take. If you think about it, I like the thing I could compare it to the most is the Saw series. Like he would kidnap these people. Okay. Saw, the movies Saw. Oh, okay. So you, he would kidnap them and put them in their own traps. But you have to do something to come out of it being better, or it's risk versus reward. Like you know what I mean? You know what it is? It's like it's just like too hot to handle. Where they like can't fuck. Have you seen that show? Of course, I love I love raunchy reality. Like all about like they have to like they have to not be like dirty fuckheads. They have to like actually learn something about themselves and develop good relationships. I mean, it's all that that same thing. It's like you have to look in the mirror in order to come out on top. You know, it's like self work. It's all about like self work. No, it's true. And like everything had a meaning in the series. Like every episode meant something, everything, like even going back to the undercover cop who came in and infiltrated them where his brother went missing. And yet he's the guy behind the mask. And just that, I did not see that coming at all. I, 
I think I saw that coming because okay. when he thought, when he couldn't find him and when the, when he realized he was a winner, I was like, I bet there's going to be a thing where they make the winners, they give the winners an opportunity oh. to be the leader. Because there's something like, also, by the way, at the very end when he dyed his hair red, I could I did not call that. I thought I was like, is he going to get that haircut? <laughs> and then it was red. I was like, damn. Um, also, like another thing that people are talking about, which I think is funny, is like, okay. just go be a good dad. Like, why would he not just like, it took him a year to go see his daughter. Right. Like, right. No kidding. Like, ultimately, did he learn? Like. Well, and that's the thing. And what is going to be season two? Is it still going to center around this character? Or are they going to do a whole new set of people, right? I think that, I don't know. I mean, it's so it's so open to interpretation. That's the beautiful part. And the villain was so incredible. I mean, she was like, I told you I'd kill you if you fucking cheated on me. Like, That is badass like, shit. That was a good part too. I, I was because that guy's such a douchebag, and I was like, "Yeah, you get him." He's brilliant. He's an actor. I've been following him on Insta for a while. Okay. Randomly, I right, saw right. him in another film. I love Korean films. Have you seen The Host? No. Host. It, it is the best movie ever made. Okay. I, it's perfect. It's got everything. It's got romance. It's got action. It's got. It's sad. It's like it's like there's horror in it. Like it's another Korean director, and. Um, worth watching and um so i had followed him and he's really sweet which is so funny his demeanor like his personal demeanor is really sweet and stuff but he plays villains all the time okay um, so that's pretty cool i feel like i would make a good villain that's what i wanted i would love to play a villain oh there you go there's something yeah, yeah. see with me the whole problem is yeah i want to go watch all the korean even international movies that everyone's is raving about but here's the problem I can't do subtitles. Not because I don't want right. to read. Here, here. So when I moved to Portugal, yeah, and I'd watch TV. I didn't like the Portuguese produced television. To me, if like, because again, it's same thing up here. We have Canadian produced TV, and there's just some a few shows that are good. Like I could name maybe like Kim's Convenience is fantastic. Corner Gas, and what's the other big one with uh, Eugene Levy? I always forget. Oh, Shit's Creek. Yes. So you have like those that we have, right? But everything else is just. You know what? You could tell the production is Canadian quality compared to Hollywood, right? So when yeah. I was in Portugal, I would watch like the stuff they would buy from the States, but they wouldn't, I don't know if it was like this in Brazil, but they wouldn't translate it in Portuguese because it's cheaper to put the friggin' subtitles. So I have this like scarred memory of always seeing TV and now I just can't see it because it's just such a bother, man. I love, I put subtitles on everything. Shut up. Like I can barely... Oh my god! Yeah, Game of Thrones. Hello, I had to rewatch the first episode like three times before I even got three words. I'm like, what the fuck are they saying? Like, I, you know that new show? It's like a dating show where they dress them up in like full costume, like Beasts of Love. Something. something. Yeah, again, I watched that too. You're, I watch Ron Cheese yeah. Anything that's like a British or Irish or any kind of accent, I need subtitles. I love subtitles because I also love seeing the written script. Like, okay. and if you watch Succession, which is beautiful, like. You can see the poem, like how poetically written it is. Like you can, because I love reading scripts, you know. So sure. um, it feels like more reading a script, or you can get it dubbed, which is really funny too, because it's always like a different voice. Well, and that's the thing, though, because I can't do dubs as well, because you just see it. it uh, the way I described it once, I don't know if it was on this show or someone else's, was back in the day when you download something illegally and the audio was off with the video. Like that's what it seems like with the dubbing, but like but not in yeah. Squid Game. It literally felt like those, like the. I sort of made fun of it at the beginning and said it was sort of like bad acting, but it was good acting, if that makes sense. It was so bad that it was good. Yeah, they do this right? like this where they're a little more like expressive, like, whoa. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Like, and that's like a very Brazilian thing too. Like I've been oh, okay. told a lot for like acting things where they're like, your face moves too much. Oh, you know? that's weird. Because I am very like expressive. And I mean, you know, I haven't gotten Botox in a while, but um, yeah. That's definitely an immigrant thing. Oh, okay. Well, but you know what? Again, I have people from the wrestling world on, and that's the important thing. They sell, they say your facial expressions sell everything. So why would you want to tone it down? That makes no sense to me. No, I, I'm not going to tone it down. I just kind of find the right part, you know, where I'm like an evil, overexpressive villain. But why do you think it's like that in Hollywood, though? Because I, like I just said, it should be the opposite. I think that people can emote without being super. I think people, it's all about like 
I don't know. Americans are not as expressive when it comes to like physicality. Mm. Not everybody, at least. Like, I'm not saying all Americans are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like the style of acting is a little more subtle. It's more subtle. How about the big screen? Have you ever been in any movies, or are you are you interested and in big movies? Like, oh yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Like, my mom always calling me, like, "Why aren't you doing movies?" Oh, I'm like, God. "Mom, I'm trying." Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd love to. It's just really. I've been close, but I haven't I transitioned over, but putting it out there that it'll happen soon, hopefully. Okay, well, the small screen is the small screen and then the big screen, but now you're starting to see the reverse where the small screen is actually better than the stuff you see in the theaters. And like, You know what I mean? Like you just said yeah. Game of Thrones was one of those shows that's like, this no, is a yeah, fucking continuous movie. I would love to movie. be on a show like that. Just like big, like that's why Future Man was so fun. Just like, oh, okay. I, I played this like dirty person like from the future, so... It was just fun to be like completely in costume on a crazy set where like it felt like you were really there. Like you didn't even really have to act, you know, it like felt like you were like a part of this world. Like, so I would love to do, get to do something like that. I was, I was up for this like movie that shot in Alaska. Okay. Oh, um, wow. that I didn't get last minute. I know they're shooting next week. I'm like, um, but yeah, I'd love to be on a big set just to get it like, to work on something for a while too. Like I love collaborating. That makes so. sense. That's right. Cause when you do these guest spots, it's just in and out one day, probably. Right. Yeah. That's, I, ah, I get asked to do small stuff all the time and I'm okay. happy to do it. But sure. like I come in, I do my little thing and I'm like, bye. You know, <laughs> I want to settle, you know, I want to have my trailer with my little plant, my dog, Cheryl. So, <laughs> well, the next big show that's coming out that Netflix announced again, pandemic wise, Tiger King season two. What the hell are they going to talk about now? I don't know. Maybe they'll find her husband's remains in the soil. Oh, so you or think she did it, right? Yeah, fucking, are you kidding me? <laughs> Have you seen her? That's um, true. I feel like they're going to talk about, like, what happened since he's been in jail and who's taken over and, like, what's happened now that there's much more vision into, like, big cats and, like, owning big cats and how the laws changed over time. I think it's horrible. I don't think people should get to own exotic animals. That's true. Um, especially not for like these weird zoos, even if they're pretending like it's a wildlife preserve, mm. um, but incredibly entertaining. I mean, that guy, if he had some teeth, I would think he was so cute. I think he fixed his teeth though. He did. Google it. I'm, I'm almost either. He was going to, he was either going to, or he did one or the other. I can't remember now. That's how you know they moved up. Their teeth are fixed. It's like you got your shit together. Like when people get veneers, you're like, you made it. Those are too big for your face, but you made it. <laughs> it's so true. Okay, well, before we get to the word story of the week, you said it. You're a cannabis advocate. You love to smoke. You do it on a regular. Do you also do edibles? Uh, any other psychedelics like mushrooms or anything? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm definitely into mushrooms. I'm definitely into microdosing, and I'm definitely oh. into the power of, um, you know, just getting to explore that side. I think everybody should microdose a little bit. Um, but I also kind of got, kind of got like angry on mushrooms this weekend. So I'm like, maybe Ooh. it was the shrooms. Maybe it was just my personality. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love psychedelics. I mean, I think the other, the other types of drugs are kind of gross and dangerous. So yeah, I'm the same. You guys are listening. Stick to weeds, stick to things that grow from the earth. And yeah, have fun. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So when did I you get like it? I self-medicate with it. You know, it keeps me leveled. Well, I was going to say too, do you write on it? Do you get creative while you're on it? And is that like your main focus? Or is it like you said, is it to no, self-heal? I'm never like, oh, I'm high. I'm just like, yeah. I'm normal now. You right. know, like it's, uh, I like, I like spliffs, which is not good. But um, I like to put a little tobacco in there, like European style. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, I like writing on it. I like, there's not a lot that I don't like doing while I'm high. It's true, right? It makes everything better. I agree. I'm like, <laughs> I just think it's great. I self-medicate with it. Um, okay, yeah. I love weed. Yeah, I do this. I get this like monthly box. Really? At my house. Okay. Yeah, it's called Nug Box. I don't work for them, but I think sure. it's a great service because um, weeds become so expensive. Right. And they give you all this like different stuff to try too. Like they had Pop Rocks oh, weed the other okay. day. It was really cool. I love all the edible stuff. I love CBD to sleep, to help me sleep and... Big advocate, absolutely. 
Yeah, no, same here, because I do it a lot. Well, at first when I was a kid, obviously it was to get high. Everyone knows. I'm not going to fucking lie here. But then after, as I gotten older, yeah. I have a lot of injuries and stuff like that. And yeah, it helps so much. People do not understand the power, not even the ticket getting high away from it, the CBD aspect of it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I like a lot of times, like if I can't sleep and I take a CBD, it just helps me so much. So have you seen the videos of like older people, seniors smoking weed or doing edibles for the first time? love that isn't that the best i love that i had a friend who had an older dad and we'd get high with him all the time it was very sweet see i i always hear stories of this i never knew that again growing up in toronto portuguese immigrant parents literally the whole neighborhood smoking yeah, weed portuguese people, my grandma would not be into that okay because even even to this day when i told my dad it was legal he's like fucking shit's legal look at this everyone's gonna be on the fucking street and all that and i'm like oh my god it's not fucking crack they're portuguese. yeah they're so old school but, like, they'll drink, like, three bottles of wine. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you don't, you never see people crashing because they're too stoned. Um, I think alcohol is a lot more dangerous, but. Well, it's so true. Actually, I went to a private uh, comedy show the other day, and, and it was in a weed bar, right? So, yeah. I was just, and I had no idea what I was walking into. Not that I complained. That was fucking fantastic. I thought I was just yeah. watching a comedy show. So, I get there, and then we, we go to the so-called bar, and we ask for alcohol. They're like, no, nah, we don't have alcohol. We just have munchies and drinks. If, if you want edibles, we could provide edibles yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. And then I ended up smoking. Well, no, sorry, I didn't end up smoking. I smoked before because I didn't know I could smoke in there. Right. So, but then I was like, holy and shit. And the show's on, you're like, ha, 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 ha. Well, here's the thing, though. The comics. I thought I was a pothead. No, not even close. Walking into these places and seeing people with blowtorches and chemicals and this. Oh, yeah, the dab. I'm not into the I mean, I'll dab if it's like there, but I'm not going to like set up a dab station at my house right that's I, I don't know that's and i always tell people if you like want, to get a clean dab is like it's beautiful but it's just it's too much work yeah. right <laughs> and speaking of money work. right <laughs> well you ready for the weird story of the week let's do it okay so well I guess you sort of answered it because you do Botox. So I guess you're into, well, not Botox is in plastic surgery or implants, but are you pro or against plastic surgery and implants? I'm 100% pro. I mean, whatever you want to better yourself. I mean, everything in moderation, right? I mean, that's the thing. People go wild and they change their face to look like Michael Jackson. Um, and that's not good. But I feel like if you do everything in moderation, you know, you fix this little vagina between your eyebrows. Why not? <laughs> Well, see, that's good. But when you look like someone totally different, mind you, who is anyone to judge as long as, uh, like you said, that person is happy? But I it's... mean, Lil' Kim is like white now. I mean, nobody's giving her shit for it. Well, that's true, too. That's it's true, too. completely changed her physicality. I mean, I think it's whatever. Obviously, like, it's not going to get fixed until you fix what's on the inside. You know, it's something, some kind of trauma that's, like, still inside you. But I think whatever makes you feel good, it's, like other people like do whatever makes you feel good yeah that is true that is true okay so this week's story comes from california obviously plastic surgery implants right by the way cut to i have like a dick on my head next week you're like wait, wait no. <laughs> well going back to that pegging story you know i don't know if you want some yeah. guy writing you like <laughs> people can't see i'm just okay sorry i'm fucking the screen with my imaginary penis on my head <laughs> so as mentioned this week's story comes from california where two women are charged for the murder of an adult actress. Okay, Who's so the actress? I don't actually know. I don't like to name names, but if you're asking, okay, let's see here. I mean, it's like, is it somebody we know? Like, it feels like it hasn't been. A bit, is this did this just come out? This is about a month old, and the actress's name is Carissa Rajpal. Do you know who that oh, is? That's so horrible. I don't. I don't okay. know her. So, okay, yes, that part is horrible, obviously. But what's weird about, okay, so actually what happened? So the adult actress had done two cosmetic procedures with the said murderers in the past, and they went well. So obviously she kept coming back, right? So she went for a third, and that's where it kind of went sideways. So the third cosmetic procedure involved injecting an uncontained liquid silicone substance directly into the butt to make the butt look fuller, what most people call a Brazilian butt lift. There you go. Yeah, man. <laughs> so the consequence of injecting uncontained silicone into the body, if you're wondering, is that it can enter the bloodstream, which can result in serious illness and death. 
So obviously that's what ended up happening. It went into her bloodstream. Oh, so, okay. So they didn't like murder her. They just were like, the, they're being sued for giving her a Brazilian no, if that went awry. But hold on. It doesn't end there. So the shitty part is, first off, the two women who are charged ran from the scene and just left her there until paramedics finally arrived. I guess maybe they called them off site and they made an anonymous phone call. And then when she reached the hospital, that's when she passed. But if the doctors knew what was wrong with her, there was an actual chance of saving her life. So if they would have just stayed there with her and said, look, this is what we gave her. They could have saved this woman. It's so scary. It's not. Yeah. Over- you need to rot in jail. Well, here it's not over yet. <laughs> So, if that wasn't weird enough, like I said, the two women were charged aren't even doctors. So, they were doing all this illegally with fake papers and everything. Apparently, since 2012, and a ton of other people have also died once the cops started doing investigation and shit. Oh, my God. Did she do Kanye's mom? Oh, I don't know. When did she pass? In 2012? She passed from a Brazilian butt lift procedure that went wrong. Well, now the authorities are asking... If anyone knows of anyone who's done sort of under the table surgery to come forward, because you know what I mean? But see, that happens so much. It's like a lot of people who are like transitioning and like they can't afford it and they want to look more female. You know what? That's true. And it's so unfortunate that people have to go through these like, you know, and look at, sorry, I don't mean to make this dark at the end. No, go for it. Things like, you know, abortions are illegal now in Texas and people are getting them in sketchy ways. Like it's all about like there needs to be... People need to have like medical help when they need, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a bigger thing than just like this woman died from being like, it's so sad. Well, it is. Cause it, it then even goes back to the whole story of should kids in high school be given condoms to be safer? And it's like, yeah, they should. But yeah. then at the same time, they're like, Oh, but you're promoting sex. I'm like, well, they're going to well, have it regardless. Education, Thank you. you know, yeah. Education is power. I mean, yeah, people just, and that's another thing. Like this woman was so desperate, like that she went to this, underground fucking why for a bigger butt like are you kidding right do some spots <laughs> it's true yeah but again you know, some um, people just aren't genetically built that way too right i understand but it's like but you rather you're gonna risk your life to physically look more like somebody else thinks you should look like work on your head you know work on your mind like work on your self-love like coming from like a fucking comic who like hates herself <laughs> but you know See, but there is no proper way, like, okay, so for example, you guys don't have free healthcare, we do up here. So, there's so many cons and pros for both, because again, for you guys, for instance, if you have the money to pay for it, fantastic, great, you get whatever you need, no essential bucks. And you can still, by the way, die from that. You well, true, well. Way, like. Well, of course, but in our instance here, yeah, it's free, so you don't have to have these sort of back alley surgeries, but at the same time, we're waiting months on end and people are still dying. So, what is the true way... Of having a good healthcare system, right? I mean, it's better to have a free health system. That I, I would start with that, but um. well, well, like I said, in case of emergency, I totally agree. Like, if if you get hurt and you rush to the hospital, you don't have to worry. Operate over and done with. You're good. Like, think about here, even when you have insurance, you go to the hospital. It's like ten thousand dollars, like for Shit. going to the ER. Yeah, you get like a ten thousand dollar bill. Oh my God! Yeah, that, I, 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 I. My sister had a baby, like you know, public hospitals. Like when you have a baby, like you get your bill. It's like I was just gonna say that's the other thing. You got to plan. Whereas here, any fucking Joe Schmo could have a kid there. You got to be like, uh, are we financially stable to pay the bill to go to the hospital and whatnot? Right? Oh my God! I didn't even think of that. Jeez, I guess no. I guess we're we like do the do it answer: better. weed. See, if that girl smoked weed and she hung around with some dude who was like, "I love a flat ass, baby. Look at your flat ass." Like she just had to find a guy who loved flat fucking asses and she would have been alive still and that's what people don't understand and everyone should know this there's a fetish for everything nowadays you just got to find the right the right place on the web to connect to people check out my wiki feed five out of five you know you gotta like go where you're loved thank you (laughs) beautiful (laughs) well jade thank you for coming on the show really appreciate it plug your shit whatever you want to promote floor's all yours yeah we got a new show coming out uh on hulu called hotties so check that out i'm also going to be I have a lot of dates, so I'm going to say them all, okay? I get a look because I always forget. So I'm going to be at the San Francisco Punchline October 28th through the 30th. That's going to be a great 
weekend in San Francisco. I'm so excited. Then you can catch me at Oxnard, uh, which is just here in California on November 5th, just one night. I'm doing shows there. And then I am going to be in Minnesota November 17th through the 20th at Acme, which is an incredible comedy place. So check it out for videos and everything. You can follow me on social media at Jade Catapretta and uh, jadecatapretta.com for all the tickets and all that good stuff. Awesome. For myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, most definitely helps me out. And again, each and every week, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. One last question before I let you go. Well, not really a question, just more curiosity. Right. You had open heart surgery at one years old? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I was a baby. I was born with a heart murmur, which now like can be treated with medicine, but okay. it's pretty similar to what Jimmy Kimmel's son oh. had. It's very cooling. So yeah, I had a whole, I'm wearing a turtleneck, but yeah, I have a scar. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh. Oof. Yeah. And you're not scared of anything? as, Or did they say is there going to be any complications as you get older or anything? No, or? just like Trump and people who follow Trump. That's oh what scares me. <laughs> That's awesome. On that note, she's Jade. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Ciao.